You are listening to A Taste of Romumu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romumu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. It was three years ago, and it was yesterday, that on Simchat Torah, here at Romamu, we have a custom that was begun, uh, initiated by my Rebbe, my dear Rebbe, Rebbe Zalman, where the entire community gathered as we unraveled the entire Torah around the sanctuary and holding talitot, holding prayer shawls, standing on the outside of the scroll, those present were invited to choose a verse for the year. We called it the universe ritual, just our way of saying what had already been happening in the Jewish world for a number of years. And that particular Simchat Torah, three years ago, my mother and father were here. They want so badly to be here on Shabbat, but they live on the east side, and they go to a slightly more conservative synagogue than we are. And so... Simchat Torah was an opportunity for them to come and to participate. And they rented a room in a hotel, and they were here, and they were taking in the site. They had never seen it before. And my mother came over to me. I was standing right over there where those gentlemen are standing by the door. And my mom said to me, I got a really odd verse. Now, I had given a 15-minute introduction to the ritual where I said that no matter where you're standing on the circle, no matter what you choose from the Torah, the beauty of the Jewish tradition is that we can interpret every single verse. That's Jewish yoga. We can make any part of a verse twist and touch the toes of the beginning and the end of the verse. That's Jewish yoga. So I had given this introduction, and my mother came over, and she said, you're really going to have to do some radical yoga on this verse. And it was from tomorrow morning's reading, Parshat Ki Tavo, in a section of the Torah known as the Tochecha, the rebuke. The rebuke which, if we'll just be honest for a moment, if you open it up, this is for a much broader conversation that should happen in the Jewish world on whether or not 
reading texts of terror from our own tradition if it's any longer a viable option, even with the hermeneutic, even with the power of interpretation. What is happening when we hear texts that speak of the kinds of things that we see now on the news in the most horrific ways? Well, bracket that. That should be a, a symposium of some kind amongst all religious leaders within the Jewish community on whether or not there is any putative value. Let's assume for the moment that there is. We'll be reading them tomorrow. So my mother comes to me with this verse. God will strike you with blindness, insanity, and confusion. I said, Mom, I had nothing to do with it. It wasn't my You happened to be standing there. But then something serious happened. My mother looked at me and she laughed. She said, I'm sure you'll do something great with it, David. Don't worry. I'm not worried. And she walked out those doors. And 15 seconds later, I heard a thud. And someone came running in and said, David, come quickly. Your mother fell. I came outside to that area where I walk in every week. And my beautiful mother was lying on the floor, her head covered in a pool of blood. I'd never seen anything like that, and thank God I haven't since, and God willing, I'll never will again. And when we got to the hospital, my mother, when she, she came to, and Baruch Hashem, my mother's fine. Thank God my mother's fine, everybody. She looked at me and she said, I guess I don't have to worry about the curse anymore. <laughs> I tell you that story because there's a verse tomorrow morning that we'll read that the rabbis also read in the way of extracting blessing from curse, yeah? In the way of extracting blessing from curse. Tomorrow morning we'll read Chapter 28, verse 65. And in those nations where you will be exiled, the Torah says, In those nations, you won't have relaxation, you won't be ragua, there won't be any sense of arrival. And there won't be manoach lechaf raglecha. There won't be minucha. There won't be settling for the, the heels of your foot. The bottoms of your feet won't come to a rest. And on that, the rabbis of the Midrash in Echa Rabbah make a, a startling remark and an amazing connection. He yashva bagoyim, lo matzaan mahanoach. Rav Yudan b'Rav Nechemia b'Shem Rav Shimon ben Levi Yomar. A certain rabbi named Yudan, who is the son of Rav Nechemia, said in the name of Shimon ben Levi, "Ilu matzaan mahanoach lo haita chozeret. If she had found a place to rest, she would not have come back." And he quotes a verse from Genesis, and the 
dove didn't find a place for its feet to rest. Quoting the verse tomorrow morning, and when you are dispersed into the exile, you also won't find rest for your legs. The rabbis of the Midrash compare the lamentation in the book of Eicha, in the book of Lamentations, when the prophet Jeremiah is looking at Jerusalem and saying, when you go into exile, you won't have a place amongst the exile where you will feel at home. And the Midrash says, that reminds us linguistically of another one who didn't find Manoach lechaf ragla. Who was that? That was the Yonah, the dove that was sent forth by Noah. And then the Midrash finishes by saying, and like the curse tomorrow morning, that when you will be dispersed, you will not find rest. And what blessing does the Midrash extract from those three instances of inability to be at rest, the restlessness, the homelessness, the dislocation? What is good about that, you ask, says the Midrash? If you did find a place to rest, you wouldn't come back. You hear that? If the dove sent forth by Noah from the apocalyptic flood, the flood that destroyed the world, this dove, and we Jews, we human beings, we who know home, why a dove? A dove says the Talmud is a unique bird because once it's established a home, it can't forget its original place. Homing pigeons, right? Doves that are sent out. The loyalty of a dove, it marries, so to speak, it mates with one other dove and doesn't ever cheat on that dove, says the Talmud. Doves know their place. And says the Talmud that this curse of dispersion Tomorrow morning when we'll hear, if you don't, you will be dispersed. The only redeeming blessing from it is that because we knew home once, in our homelessness, we will never settle for that place where we are. We will always be yearning for home. If she could find comfort in those places, then she would never come back. This returning, this inability to be compensated, to have home replaced by a substitute home, that's the work of tshuva, everybody. That's the work of this month. That is the work of this period that we're in. St. Augustine once said to God, God, oh God, our hearts are restless until they have repose in thee. We are all of us doves, having once remembered that original place. We'll never settle in some substitute. We would prefer to be unsettled, homeless souls than to find comfort in something that doesn't truly comfort. The false comforts of a society that will give us a home in places that don't make us feel deeply secure. The wisdom of insecurity, Alan Watts wrote, was that to be insecure in appropriate places is to not buy the lies 
that we are fed every single day of every single week of every single month about what it is that gives us deep security. The dove thrown out onto the rivers, the waters, the oceans, and saying, nope, it's not going to take a 65-inch TV. It won't take 500 more friends on Facebook. If only we can get more people to watch grown men run around throwing a football, a pigskin. That's home. Meanwhile, at the real home, in the real domicile, in the real domestic situation, violence, abuse, it's systemic chevra. It is widespread. This culture breeds a flood, and those whose souls know the true meaning of home are not satisfied with the olive branches that we find in various places, and we go looking for something deeper. If we found comfort there, we would not come back. We wouldn't show up in shul now, tonight. You wouldn't show up in shul Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. There's something deeper that we know. And trust me, it's not religion. It's not religion per se. There was a, a great rabbi whose name happened to be Yonah. Rabbeinu Yonah was one of the Rishonim. He came from Girona in Catalonia and lived slightly after the death of the great Rambam, Maimonides. People have heard of Rabbi Yonah? Anybody? Yonah of Gerondi. He was one of the greatest scholars of his generation. And when the Rambam, Maimonides, wrote his famous work of philosophy, Moreno Vuchim, the guide for the perplexed, it tried to bring into Judaism Aristotelian philosophy and blend them, synthesize them in some way to answer questions that had arisen by exposure to Greek philosophy. And this book landed in Rabbeinu Yonah's desk. And you know what he said? Heresy. And you know what he did? He took cartloads of the Moreinu Vuchim. He took cartloads of the Rambam's Guide for the Perplexed. And he burned them. He burned the Moreinu Vuchim. He burned the Guide for the Perplexed. A number of years later, ten years later, Rabbeinu Yonah had a feeling that he had made a big mistake. And exactly a decade later, 24 wagon loads of handwritten manuscripts of Talmud were burned. Rabbeinu Yonah felt that that was a sign from heaven, that he was being called to tshuva. And so Rabbeinu Yonah the dove, Yonah dove, Rabbeinu the dove, because he felt in his kishkes something went wrong, he began a journey towards Israel where he promised that he would prostrate himself for seven days on the grave of Maimonides and ask for forgiveness, and he never made it. He never made it. He stopped twice. That Yonah, that dove, he had a yearning to complete something that was unfinished, and it didn't, it wasn't finished. But his yearning to fix something is that 
place inside each and every one of us that knows that right now there is something in your life, in my life, that needs to be fixed. Something that isn't right, something that isn't satisfactory, something that isn't at home at peace. And shuva is that recognition and that desire, that movement outward to fix that. That's one image of the dove. The second image of the dove is the song that Rabbi Jessica began with. Yonat ilem rechokim. The dove that is mute and distant. The dove that can't speak. The dove that has so many words. This dove that is full and yet empty simultaneously. I'm thinking about that Yonat ilem this week. The Yonah that is the Yonat Elaim that is so full of a desire to communicate but can't find the words, that stands by and wishes that it could speak. This is the image within the Piyutim, within the liturgical poems of the repentant person who wants to find an opening but can't. That's the song that Jessica was just singing to us. The song of a desire to lift up curses and make them into blessings. The desire to, to find a way to begin. So let me say, if you haven't yet begun the process of returning, it's not too late. If you haven't yet brought to mind that with all of the things that are going on in the world, with the coming climate march tomorrow, uh, next week, but also tomorrow's teaching about the climate march, in this whirlwind of activity, in a world that is seemingly going in the wrong direction, where everything is assailing us, we ask ourselves, is it possible to do tshuva? Is it possible for me to think for a moment about what it is that I have to do in the world. There's so many big things that have to happen. But our work is always the same work. The same exact work, whether or not things are going on outside that are crazy or whether or not things are placid, it is always the same work, which is taking a curse and turning it around into a blessing. That's our work. Taking a curse and breathing blessing into it. Opening the heart and opening the mind and saying, My dove hidden. God calls to us and says, Speak your voice. Begin the journey. Start your way towards the tikkun that has to happen, the fixing that has to happen. There's no time to do it. There's no time not to do it. So let me say, from my, my stump speech, my bully pulpit, let me say it softly. Please. Rabbeinu Yonah, the dove, he felt something was misaligned. Let's begin to align. If it's a journey that will take us far afield, let's not wait. Let's begin to come home. 
Because I know, and you know, and we all know, we won't be comfortable until we're there.